Join your friends from Odyssey on the greatest journey ever taken. Follow me! Through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with the new full-color Adventures in Odyssey Bible. You'll read about exciting battles. The time of our oppression by these barbarians has ended. A talking donkey. Haven't you ridden me all your life? And even a dragon. You'll be studying alongside your friends from Odyssey. It's the Adventures in Odyssey Bible from Focus on the Family. Learn more at AIOBible.ca. Today on Focus on the Family, you'll hear a story about a marriage that seemed impossibly broken. But through a long separation, there was finally healing and restoration. And you'll hear how God brought this couple back together. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus President Jim Daly. And thanks for joining us today. Uh, You know, I am positive that what you're about to hear will capture your attention and your hearts today. And I'm also certain that for many couples listening, this will be exactly what God wants to talk to your heart about. And you might be in a marriage that's difficult. You might even be thinking about divorce or separation. Today's program is going to be for you. And I want to remind you right from the beginning that we have an outreach for couples in that situation called Hope Restored, one of the best things we're doing here at Focus. And we're doing a lot of good things. We have several locations for couples who can benefit from this intensive counseling effort who, yes, may be on the brink of divorce. Uh, Hope Restored has better than an 81% post-two-year success rate. So if you're struggling, allow us to help you with resources and tools to help your marriage improve. And our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, if you just want to call right now. Uh, let's go ahead and hear a great conversation with two guests, Bill and Vicki Rose, who know from experience how God can change a heart. And we spoke with them a while back, and it's quite a story. Let's get started on today's episode of Focus on the Family. Welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you so much. Thanks what for a, having us here. Yeah. Uh, now, it is amazing, and we're going to unpack this story, but you two have been married almost 40 years and that says a lot right there. But there was turmoil. And uh, I guess, Vicki, I want to turn to you and say, uh, what did that turmoil look like? Give us a little taste of what the difficulty was, and then we'll build the story from there. Well, the difficulty leading up to separating, we had two young children, aged one and a half and four at that point, And I was terrified. How would I live alone? How would I raise two children by myself? How would I afford to do anything? How would I raise two children going back to work, which I did? Uh, it just involved a lot of fear. And now, you both grew up in New York, right? In Manhattan? Yes. yes. Uh, Bill, tell me about your background. What was it like growing up there? And you're from a Jewish family. Uh, both of you are from Jewish families. Uh, talk about your environment. What did you know about marriage? How committed were you to the process and to the uh, lifelong commitment? Well, I, I saw my parents had a really good marriage, but... My mom basically did everything to appease my, my my dad. There were 25 years difference in age. Uh, my dad never got married till he was 55 and had me when he was 56. Uh. Um, so clearly I was never spoiled. Yeah, uh, right. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are a baseball fanatic. You played, and that is great. That's part of your story. Yes. Um, Vicki, let me hear from you in terms of your childhood and how you were growing up in Manhattan. You kind of hit your stride, and you were in the fashion industry, right? I did. Uh, I Well, I always loved clothes, and so as I went to college, I 
thought, how, how can I turn that into something I can do for a living? And so I ended up working at Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, I was there for eight years, starting <laughs> in the very, you know, starting as a sales girl and working way up to buyer. Which is the goal in that environment, right. isn't it? You both described yourselves as type A people. Uh, what does that look like as we get to know you better? What does type A for Vicky look like? What was your day? Live life to the max. Make every hour count. And I'm always right. <laughs> That's what type A means. Right? I get it. Oh. And, and Bill, how'd you feel about that? <laughs> well, first of all, she was never right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Come okay. On. Well, that was my type A. Yeah. And... Um, um, I just, uh, I guess I like to be in control and I think Vicky liked to be in control. So we had, True. we had two control people in the same environment. When you got married, uh, did you ever talk in your premarital days about this? Um, what attracted you to each other? Uh, did you see something that made you think we could have something really special in this world with each other? Uh, we had none of that. We we had no marriage counseling. We got married back in the dark ages. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I know we you were didn't. married in 1977, so it was a long time ago. And we didn't talk about any of that. I was afraid. I mean, I didn't even know about any of that. And we just thought dating was fun and life was fun. And we hung out with all these famous people and went to baseball games and sat in the owner's box. And that seemed like a great life. And that was your kind of goal, wasn't it? Well, I thought if I got married, all these old childhood hurts and emptiness that had built up in my life would just go away. I thought talk, marriage would solve that. Talk about that. What were you coming into adulthood and marriage with? What was that, what well, many had, people call I'd, baggage? But what? Yeah, it was definitely baggage. I had grown up in a very strict environment in my home. My mother um, was a perfectionist, had anger issues. And then when I was 18, a week before high school graduation, she died. Suddenly I, I felt free in some ways. Huh. And um, But there was an emptiness that started to build, and I didn't know what that was. I we we didn't in my family we didn't know or talk about grieving huh. and so back in 1971 there was no cancer care or support groups at least that we knew about so that you know was just pushed aside and we went on life as usual wow and um so that was a heavy thing and yeah. i went into marriage thinking everything will be fine once i get married so i'll have somebody who's going to love me take care of me and um that was really all I thought about. In fact, in your book, Every Reason to Leave, you talked about your mom having you get on a scale yeah. and weighing. Yeah, it was part of the New York scene. I think my mother came from a very small town in upstate New York, Elmira. She used to say it was a better place to come from than to go to. <laughs> and she, I think she had a great insecurity now as I look back about being in New York and somewhat of a social scene. And so outward appearance was everything. And so uh. she wanted me to look perfect and be thin and dress. I wasn't allowed out of the house in blue jeans. Wow. Up. So that just created a lot of pressure for you. A lot of pressure and a lot of, if the outside's fine, it doesn't matter what the inside is feeling because you know, we weren't allowed to have feelings or cry or be unhappy. Yeah. Uh, Bill, you're coming from this really strong, <laughs> overindulged household, it sounds like. Yankee fans all the way. All the way. All the way. And... Uh, but talk about how you met, and you got these two type A personalities coming together. What was the scene like in which you met as young Bill and young Vicky? Well, I was with walking with a friend of mine. Actually, his name was John Schnall. I, don't, I didn't forget. And I knew him from the high school I went to in New York. 
And I saw this girl walk out of my parents' building. And I said to him, she's pretty cute. I wonder who she is. And he said, I think her name is Vicki Gage. I said, how do you know that? And he, he said, because, you know, I went to BU. She was, she was at Pine Manor, and they had run into each other. So the last name sounded familiar. So I asked my mom to find out if she was related to Sue Gage, who was a friend of my mom's, and it turned out to be her niece. Huh. And uh, she said, but don't bother calling. She's going out with this, like, hippie guy from the village. And, and <laughs> so forget the whole thing. So I did. And then a year later, Sue Gage called back and said they broke up, have them call. Oh. <laughs> and, and that's tight. That's and, information traveling quickly. Right. And that's, that's what happened. And you went out, and did you fall in love then, or did it take time, or what happened? No, it was pretty quick. Um, our first date, where did we go our first date? Our first date, Billy took me to this very fancy place in New York called Le Club. Oh, yeah. Oh, the club, is, yeah. yeah. It's a pri- private d- dinner dancing place, um, and it's actually where I first met George Steinbrenner. Right. It was, was in the club. And then um, for our second date, I took her to a Ranger hockey game and then to the 21 Club for dinner. Um, so you're pretty impressed with what oh, yes. your needs were. I was, yes. I was, good, was I was a good I, date. He was a great date, and I had been dating uh, an artist, starving artist, and we didn't go on dates like that. So yeah, right. was very... So that was impressing you at the time. It was very impressive. And then finally, you popped the question. Uh, George Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees, was at your wedding. Is that right? He was. It was a small wedding, too. It was. Yes. Um, what happened? It was a small wedding, partly because... Well, when I was 10, even though my family was Jewish, we joined a church. So my dream had always been to get married in a church. And I remember sitting with Billy and his family having a conversation about uh, where our wedding would take place right after we had become engaged. And his parents said, there is no way you two are getting married in a church. Everyone, Vicki, knows you're Jewish, and it would just be a total farce. So no, we will not hear of it. And so um, we ended up having a small wedding in my father's living room. Um, now, how and soon? And Billy wore his Yankee tie. <laughs> Which must wedding. have impressed you. <laughs> Not really, huh? Uh, but where did it start getting rough? What happened? Uh, was it a year into it or quickly, days? How did you realize, okay, we might be in, in a bit of trouble relationally? I would say within the first year, um, my emptiness and my unhappiness and our differences. We are so different. I love to go out and do things, and Billy loves to watch sports a lot on TV. And so as, as that, you know, as we started having week, you know, we'd both work all week, and then we'd get to weekends, and I'd want to go do something, and Billy was really happy watching sports Just on TV. vegging. Right. <laughs> and so, and also realizing that this wasn't the answer. Well, let's talk about that because you you mentioned that in your book. There's just this need to uh, have certain needs met, and it wasn't there for you. Right. And, and that was driving you to a conclusion that maybe he's the wrong guy or what? It was driving me to the conclusion that I was really unhappy. And maybe it was Billy. Maybe it was I wasn't sure. But it was becoming clear to me that this thing that I thought would solve everything hadn't. 
Uh, Vicki, so many, and I, I would say men and women, but so many women are resonating with what you're saying because they're expecting more in the relationship. And guys, we tend to get away with not doing what we should do because we are all pretty comfortable watching sports on the weekend. Um, not everybody, I know not everybody watches sports, but talk about that, Vicki. What, what was in your heart? What was really missing at that time and all the needs that you had that you're expecting Bill to, to meet. Right. Well, what I have come to learn now, many, many, many years later, and we have been married almost 40 years, is that my husband and anyone else's husband was not created to meet all my needs and, uh, and fill all my longings. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And so putting my husband and putting any husband in the position of being savior is not going to work. Huh. And he's going to, I'm always going to be disappointed if that's who I think he's supposed to be. How did that manifest itself? I mean, it had to be more than just we're not spending time on the weekends together. What were some other things where Bill was not meeting that expectation? Sorry to do this to you, Bill. <laughs> that's okay. It's in <laughs> the book. You're kind of speaking for all guys at this point. But, Vicki, I think men struggle to understand hey, I can't be all that to you. I'm not your girlfriend. Right. And we didn't understand any of that then that we now understand a little better um our communication was not great we didn't know how to have a good fight we didn't know how to fight fair we just you know i blamed him he blamed me we just clammed up and you know walked out we we didn't have any tools we had no tools whatsoever um into how to have a good marriage. Yeah. And, of and a course, good marriage doesn't mean there's no disagreement. And we also had misconceptions. Hmm. A good yeah. marriage doesn't mean there's no disagreement. A good marriage doesn't mean we agree about everything because we still don't a lot of the time. A good marriage means that we respect one another, that we respect our differences, we work through our issues, and we're still doing that. Right. At 40, almost 40 years. We don't have it all figured out. But one thing I do know is that Billy's not meant to be everything for me. And that's a real eye-opener. Yes. And a lot of newlyweds need to understand that. And certainly yes. pre-married uh, couples, it, the sooner they understand that, the healthier their relationship is going to be. Now, the additional challenge you had as a young 20-something couple was you didn't know the Lord. You're not in a Christian context at this point. You're in a very, what sounds like a very worldly context. You're living the high life. You're going out to all the clubs and all of that. Um, Could you see why the marriage wasn't working? And what did you do? Well, um, we separated in June of 1986. Separated? We separated. That was about five years after you were married? It was nine nine and a half years after we married. We separated in 1986. We were actually separated for a very short time prior to that. Right. And got back together um, not because we'd had any counseling or anything but just because one romantic night we got back together nothing had really changed but we love you know one thing that has always been constant is our love for each other my love for you so that's always been there <laughs> yes yeah. huh um but you separated for a short time, came back together. Right. Still, then, God was not in the picture. Not at this in the point. picture. Then, then went you on separated. to have. Then we went on to have children, and when our children were one and a half and four, we separated. Billy had a terrible addiction to cocaine and other things, and I couldn't live 
with huh. that any longer and the emptiness and the no relationship and it just it was just a mess it was I, chaos i owned a, a restaurant called the sporting club which was one of the top places in the country rated by usa today and new york times and you would go there you'd be you'd be afraid not to go there because of who you might miss seeing huh. i mean we had every athlete that you know you could think of would come in especially when they were visiting from out of town and because of the hours that i was spending there i'd get there around noontime and i'd probably get home around four or five in the morning and um a lot of it was there were drugs there and there were women there and um it was very easy to to succumb to both Hmm. And Bill, it sounds like the emptiness Vicky was describing earlier was certainly a, uh, felt in your life, and you were trying to find some fulfillment in in things that didn't provide that. It, it was, and I but I didn't know that at the time. I thought that these things were fulfilling, and it took me a good uh, three and a half years of doing this before. Um, I started to realize there was there just had to be more out there. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Reinforce biblical values in your children with fun, hands-on activities from Focus on the Family's Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior magazines. Kids love this entertaining magazine, filled with challenging puzzles and exciting stories, all designed to help your children build good character and a strong foundation in God. To order your Focus on the Family magazine subscription to Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior, please visit us at clubhousemagazine.ca. That's clubhousemagazine.ca. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Insurance is all about convenience and claim service. Hi, this is Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. At Deeks, this means in case of an accident or loss, the last thing you should worry about is reaching your insurance broker. Our insurance partners offer 24-7 claim service to get you the help you need anytime, day or night. As your broker, we will be there to help guide you through the claims process. To learn more about our claim service or our home and auto insurance products, you can visit us at deeksinsurance.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. You know, really, our hope today is to inspire people who are living in a similar place. It's not going to be the exact same place as Bill and Vicki, but they may be in a similar place where they're not um, really living up to their potential in their marriage, and they know it. And we want to be able to provide that hope for you, to inspire you to live each day better. Mm -hmm. And that's what we live and breathe to do here at Focus on the Family. So if you need help, call us, and uh, we want to be there for you. Um, I want to pick up, Bill, where you left off there, because we talked to Vicki about what those needs were for her as a young 
um, newly married wife and what she was expecting from you. So you've got this thriving restaurant business in New York City. Um, it's taking all of your time. What were your needs, and were you running from something? Wow. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know that I was running from something. Um, it was a real power trip, this restaurant. And I was caught up in the whole glamour of the athletes and the women and the drugs. So I guess it was something. I, what I did was I put that before Vicky and before the marriage. Um, hmm. And I just thought this would make me happier. And as the years went on, I realized that was just not the truth. Yeah. Boy, so many people could fill in the blank with whatever they're doing, particularly men, whether it's that title, whatever vocationally they're doing, they're not coming home at night because it's easier to be at the office. It's easier to earn the money and to justify the time spent there. Uh, Vicki, at this time, you're a single mom. What did that jungle look like for you? You're trying to sort out, where do I go? Um, I mean, what was your life like? My life was completely uh, around the kids, uh, and I also went back to work a year after we separated uh, at Macy's, um, R.H. Macy and Company as a corporate buyer. Mm. So the chaos increased because then there was a nanny, and uh, you know we had a dog, and I was running off to work every day, and two very young children, and so the life was very chaotic, and I didn't have any idea how to fix that. Right. I just kept running, in a sense, kept running to Did do the next thing. And during the season, Vicky, was was Bill in your life at all? Or was, was the separation um, such that, that you just lived your life and he was, he was out there and not part of any of it? A little of both. Um, Billy would come once, one night a week, he'd bring McDonald's for the kids. And on that night was the night that I would be attending a 12-step meeting or have dinner with a friend. And so... We didn't have very much connection, except when we needed to talk something about the children. My life was so much about the kids, but also, who who am I? What am I supposed to be doing now with my life? My husband's gone. We're separated. We're not divorced. Um, My parents sat me down. My father and stepmother sat me down one one evening and said, uh, we saw Billy at a restaurant with another girl, and he's going to have an easy time finding someone, but you're not because you're a woman and you have two children. And so that really blew me away. It didn't feel very much like parental support. Um, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I didn't, I was just, my brain was circling around and around and around all the time. What am I going to do? Am I going to find another husband, somebody to help me raise these kids? How am I going to do this? Because I really didn't know how to raise the children. And in that context, what did you turn to for and support? And so a couple of friends decided they'd set me up with a date. And um, so I went out, and actually my mother-in-law encouraged me to have an affair. She said that would make everything better, so I did, and it definitely didn't. And um, I realized at that point that that was definitely not the answer. Uh, One of these other dates that someone fixed me up with had lines of cocaine, and this was uh, back in the late 80s where people still thought that was a fun thing to do. Mm. And so I started doing that too. Uh, Vicki, where did the Lord begin to enter into this? I mean, Bill's not living with you. you got two young kids. 
did you all of a sudden wake up and say, we need more God in our life? No. Um, the day after we separated, I started attending a 12-step program. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but through, oh, the, yeah. through the process of the steps, it talks about prayer and meditation and uh, having a higher power. And so I started to pray. And I had grown up in the church, so I started to go back to the church, even though it wasn't a Bible-teaching church. And um, a year and a half into our separation, I was invited to a dinner party by Mrs. Arthur S. DeMoss, uh-huh. Nancy Lee DeMoss's There mom, in New York? In New York City. Uh-huh. It was at the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, it was a beautiful gold-inscribed invitation that arrived. It said, Mrs. Arthur S. DeMoss invites you to meet and hear Secretary of the Interior and his wife, uh, Donald and Barbara Hodell, and hear about Christianity in the world today. And in the lower corner of the invitation, it said black tie. And I, here I am, a single mom with not much to do. And a friend who worked for Mrs. DeMoss had sent me this invitation. And so I accepted. I said, I'm going because huh. I can get dressed up and go out and have a fun night. And, uh, in fact, I had an amazing night because I heard the gospel presentation that night, and God had prepared my heart through working through these 12 steps and prayer, and I heard that God loved me and had a plan for my life, but that I was separated from God by what Mm. the Bible calls sin. And I thought, well, I haven't killed anyone, including my husband, who I would have liked to have. But it was explained to me that Sin was anything like worry or gossip or fear or envy, and Mm -hmm. I knew I qualified. And so that God loved me, that I was separated from him, but that Jesus Christ was God's only provision for man's sin, including mine. That his shed blood provided the atonement, the forgiveness for all my sins. And that simply it was offered that we could just receive him. They told us that it says in the Bible, to those who receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. And so that night at that dinner party with 900 people in the grand ballroom of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to take over my life to make me the person he created me to be. That's exciting because of the backstory on that. Of course, Don served here on the board of Focus on the Family years after this and eventually Mm -hmm. was the interim president after Dr. Dobson stepped down from that role and before I was appointed into that role. So Don and his late wife, Barbara, have been terrific friends of Focus on Mm -hmm. the Family. But that's how God weaves it together. Yeah, and to us. um, Mm -hmm. We got to meet with them two or three or four times after that dinner and we visited them um, a couple times, so mm-hmm. they've been so dear to us because mm-hmm. what they spoke that night and their story had things in it that matched my story. You know, this is really intriguing, and uh, we've gotten to that point where we're talking about how the Lord has tapped you on the shoulder, Vicki. you still got Bill, who's doing cocaine and other things in the restaurant, and you're not cleaning this either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got your issues yep. that you've been dealing with. And this is where people connect. Because if I could be so bold, your guys' lives were a mess. A mess. Spiritually speaking. Everything And I want to come back and talk about that and how the Lord began to, in essence, clean your heart and clean your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people will really benefit from that. Can we come back and talk about that? Sure. Absolutely. What a conversation with Bill and Vicki Rose on today's episode of Focus on the Family, and I'm sure that you've connected with them at some level as you've heard them sharing their story. Now, that's captured in Vicki Rose's book, Every Reason to Leave and Why We Choose to Stay Together. 
It's an excellent book, inspiring, and their true story, as written from Vicki's perspective. It offers a lot of the scriptures that helped carry her through the tough times. Please request that book when you get in touch with us. And when you contact Focus on the Family Canada for the book, uh, please remember to support the ministry. I love the practical nature of our friends in Canada, and you know how it works. We need that fuel, those resources to save marriages, save babies, and do all the things Focus on the Family Canada is doing. Also, when you call, if you need help in your marriage, you can request a consultation with one of our counselors. It's absolutely free. Take advantage of that. Or find out more about Hope Restored, the intensive marriage program that we mentioned at the top of the program. Donate and get help by calling our number 800-232-6459, 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, I'm John Fuller inviting you back next time as we continue the conversation with Bill and Vicki and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.